up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Better With Chocolate. I am your host, Kristen Dominique, and uh, yeah, sorry we missed you guys last week. Took a little bit of a impromptu break um, for reasons that is none of your business, but we are back this week with a brand new episode, and uh, on this week's episode, we got a special guest on here, a dear friend of mine and phenomenal woman as it is international women's day today the, well yeah we're recording on international women's day but by the time you listen to this it will no longer be but who cares because we're celebrating women every day of the year but yes i have my dear friend here stephanie mclean she is the founder of a wonderful community that she started called the Laboire. hey steph what's up uh not much how are you I'm good. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I know the world's in chaos right now. So it's nice that, you know, we're able to connect, you know, in ways, even though we're not, you know, physically face to face, it's still good to connect anyways, despite everything that's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. So speaking on that, with everything that's been happening in the world, I always like to start every episode just asking everybody, how, how are you doing? You know? Um, so I'm going to ask you, how are, how are you doing? I'm tired. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm better. I'm less tired than I was last week, but um, I'm tired and I'm being very selective of what I, what I take in these days. How much I can like what my capacity is really. That's good. That's good. Having that awareness of what your 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 life meter is at, so to speak. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Paying attention to that. Um, so speaking about that self awareness and just, you know, prioritizing, you know, mental health and wellness and, you know, just overall your just how you're functioning in the world. Um, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, the Lavoir and mm-hmm. um how that you know started and you know all that good stuff <laughs> sure uh so i i got into the the thought of i guess mental health and more so just through the path of self-awareness um a few years ago and started talking i mean as a as a black woman i started talking to all my black friends and realized it was it there wasn't a lot of um I wouldn't say a lot, a lot of just it was it wasn't an easy thing to talk about just because there was still taboo around it there were still stigmas like I don't need therapy I don't need you know this so um and then I just decided that to start the Lavoir because of just to have more of an open space around people who look like us and go through the same things as us um so Lavoir is uh French for laundry room and the whole metaphor behind it is the fact that we all need to do laundry um, uh, at some time or another. And uh, we all have to go on a recurring basis to do laundry. So uh, no one wants to really stay in the laundry room forever. You just go to your laundry and leave. So it's the same type of renewal, like mentally, um, that Lavoir is trying to bring. We're having a community where you can check our page or like later down the road events or something just to be able to like refresh yourself. Um, and ideally, I mean, of course, like when you really stack up your laundry and you get to that like real edge where there's nothing left, you obviously spend a lot longer in the laundry room. So 
the Lavoir, same things. Yeah. And just pretty much the same case with your mental health. Like once you're done, like even your body physically just gives out on you. So how do we keep that like renewal and that refresh on a recurring basis that we're just in there and, and in and out for like, as long as we need to a little refresher, filling our cup and then going back into the world um, and taking it day by day. I love that. I love, I love that because that is such, I think that's such an easy way or such a digestible way to, I guess, if anyone wants an explanation of what it feels like to be black in this world, I think that's, that's such a, yeah, such a digestible way to put it. Mm -hmm. You know, when your laundry's piling up and especially because as black people, we often have, we like, we have no choice but to let it pile up because there's so many things that we have to, that we have to worry about. before we can even check in with ourselves and see how we're, oh, you know, how yeah. we're doing, <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's not worrying about, you know, um, you know, like what's going on, like for those of us who have kids, like worrying about, um, you know, childcare or education, like, you know, is my kid being, you know, bullied in school or, you know, you know, things like that, or like dealing with, you know, prejudice and racism in the job market, um dealing with you know just just how you're being treated as you walk through this world as a black person and even like detaching yourself from your own you know your own reality but like what's happening around the world that you're seeing every time you open up your social media pages or every time you turn on the news you see you know it's another case of you know police brutality um or you know like for example what's happening in the ukraine with, you know, like Black Africans and Black Caribbeans that were being mistreated, or I shouldn't say mistreated, that's putting it, you know, lightly, but literally being denied Mm -hmm. um, access to transportation to leave um, a city that was under siege, you know? So it's like so many things that we have to, so it's like so many different piles of laundry, you know? Yeah, it it makes me think of like, even, I'm just thinking deeper about that, like laundry, like around your house type of thing. So just the fact of like, when you come to, yeah, when you, when you're just like you mentioned, um, there's so many different facets that we have to think of. And it's almost like, what's the dirtiest? Like, what do I even want to deal with right now? There's a million things I have to deal with. There's so many loads. What yep. is really weighing on me right now? What is this, the, like they say, the squeaky wheel gets oiled. And what is the thing that's like grabbing my attention? But it's unfortunate because like, the more you wait until like to see that squeaky eel, squeaky wheel per se, the more that everything else just gets put to the sideline. And like, when are you going to deal with the other 10 mental health things that you wanted to address if you're still just going with like the most obvious thing? Yeah. Yep. It's like, uh, it's like when you're driving a car and you're watching like all the, the lights on the dash slowly light up and you're just thinking, okay, which, <laughs> one do I tackle first you know it's very uh yeah it's very yeah it's very overwhelming and then you just wonder well like well shoot let's just let the car die then I guess like what's right. the point why would I why bother dealing with something like this because I'm screwed anyway a lot right. of people think that like I have a lot of friends who are when I talk about more openly about therapy and stuff and like yeah I'm going to therapy or I did this with therapy and they're like man we all need therapy like, man our yeah. parents really I was like but have you gone to therapy oh no no I haven't <laughs> no. right even though therapy is more widely um 
talked about now nowadays, I still find that a lot of people from our generation, um, at least from my interactions, it's still not something that um, you know we're entirely comfortable with. I know for me, I recently have gotten comfortable with the idea of you know seeking therapy, you know, and um, but if you were to talk to me about this in my twenties, oh, I'd yeah. been like, uh, no, I'm cool. like the teenage angst that I had um is gone now so I'm all right you know yeah and and I'm just wondering if just because we're products of boomers perhaps maybe that kind of like trickled down with us because I mean Gen Z they're they're all about it like if if you're not therapy then like what are you doing (laughs) how are you walking around if you're not in in therapy I think it is part of that I think it's more of like like so as you mentioned like when we're in our 20s and just the fact of like okay, I'm not crying every day or I'm not going through teenage drama. So I'm good. But it's almost like, you know, when you say, okay, everything's not on fire. So I'm okay. And you're always trying to, I mean, our whole lives were, unfortunately, it's a really bad habit. I mean, I do it myself, trying to compare our lives to other people's. So Mm -hmm. I'm not, that person's life is way worse than mine and they're not in therapy. So I, I, and I, I think there's a, I think one of the big things, like I had to go through a huge process before I started going to therapy as well, just more of, especially with like, even like a religious background, like that's a whole different facet. Like being Christian is like, why do I need therapy? Don't I have God? I'm like, but even, even pastors are out there saying stuff like, okay, but I'm your, I'm your, like we're your spiritual leaders. And then there are other professionals who would help you in other facets. So like, don't get it twisted. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think that when it comes to, I think we, we, we see it as reactive and we really got to start seeing it more as a proactive thing. Of course, of course, because like a word that's being thrown around very loosely now. Um, and I find, and I find like, it's a good thing, but also a bad thing because people seem to use it all encompassing because the word itself sounds so heavy, but it necessarily doesn't have to be heavy, but the word trauma. Mm. Right. When people hear the word trauma, they think like, oh, my God, like, you know, they think of violence. They think of, uh, you know, abuse. They think of like, you know, really extreme cases. But people don't understand that there is such a thing as like emotional trauma where it doesn't have to be anything that's like life threatening or debilitating. It could be something as easy as like maybe your parents didn't hug you enough as a kid. You know, maybe at the time you didn't realize that that was something that you needed as a child, which not until you you know become like an adult you realize that this you know incessant need for affection from other people what it really stems from right and so I guess it's having people understand that when you hear the word trauma it doesn't necessarily mean that you know it's excruciatingly bad it means that you know it had a lasting effect on you whether it was conscious or you know unconscious it's just something that kind of lingered with you and affected you in your later in your life on a way that, you know, you really can't fully understand um, until you sit down with a neutral party and kind of, you know, dig through it. Yeah. You know? I think it really is that basic. Like it really is the yeah. basic of the fact of, did you, uh, trauma being something that um, uh, I'm sure Brene Brown could say it different better, but then just more of like trauma being something that just something that sticks with you um, for a long period of time. And I, I think that we, myself included, like I've even found recently, there are certain things that have happened that 
could be trauma that we've spun into something else. Like that right. was trauma. That was something else. Like, as in like, I'm the way I am now just because of this. Right. When yeah. it's really like after you dig into it, it's like, okay, there was actually a traumatic experience that may have led to these other actions. And now I have these habits. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think it's just a matter of not digging into it and are not seeing the, some people might not even see the value really of digging into it and right. thinking like, this is the best it's going to get. I'm great. I'm happy. Like, why, why would I, why rock the boat per se? Right. And, and that's the thing. I mean, like, and that's why, like, when I talk to people, I try to let make them understand. And these are people that are like hesitant about the mm -hmm. idea of, um, you know, seeking therapy or at least, um, bringing to the to the surface some things that you know you should discover about yourself when it comes to you know development and growth and like really getting to know yourself um is just that that the word trauma doesn't always mean something extremely extremely bad you know what i mean and i think once once people understand that literally like going to therapy is just having a conversation with a neutral party somebody that doesn't have you know any biases or doesn't have any preconceived notions about you they 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 don't know you you know so when you walk into that room you know you're like a a blank slate to them right they don't know they don't know the life you lived they don't know the kind of person you are um all they're here to do is just kind of help you to make sense of it all. Right. Yeah. Making the connections that you thought you made yourself and yeah, totally agree. Just like a neutral party standing back and asking questions that to be honest, I mean, at least for myself, to be honest, like I kind of started there because I was just like, you need to ask me the questions that I don't want to ask myself. Right. Like, and that I just, I know I, as self-aware or whatever, how like whether you're self-aware or you're not, there are some things where just like I can't go there myself. Um, <laughs> so, and I specifically said that to. I think people just have a very woo-woo thought of therapy, but I mm. straight up like treated therapy like a transaction. Like when I went consultation, like look, I need points, I need goals, I need you to keep me in check. Just letting you know, I'm probably going to be rude to you about these topics please be patient. Like, I'm just like, just yeah. like, just like that. Um, and it's possible. Like, it's completely possible to do that. They're not going to be like, how does that make you feel? They, we've evolved and there are a lot more deeper questions that people can ask now. Yeah. What, what pushed me to finally um, take the step and, you know, go to therapy was after my father passed and um, it brought, to surface a lot of emotions, some that I'm familiar with, some that, you know, have been a constant in my life, uh, and some that were completely foreign to me. And I was like, this is a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know where to start to unpack it. So before I, you know, implode and have like a nervous breakdown, let me let me see how this goes. And honestly, it's it's been great because I mean I have a great support system and you know while it's great that you know you have like, friends that you can turn to or family members you can turn to um you know or partners and stuff like that that's amazing and I think you know um everybody should try and kind of build that support system if they can but even if you can't you know having that external support from somebody like I said who does not have any biases no kind of preconceived notions or opinions um you know about you 
to kind of like hear you out and let you, you know, share your feelings, even if you're struggling to find the words, you know, right. you have that space and the time. I mean, give it like, I mean, yeah, you, you, you have a limit when you're <laughs> in a session, but still that time is yours, right? Yeah. It, you know, uninterrupted, um, you know, and being able to just have somebody kind of look at it objectively. Yeah. And like said, right. And like you said, ask those deeper questions that, you know, maybe your friends or your family wouldn't, wouldn't think to ask, or maybe exactly. wouldn't want to ask because they don't want you to feel, you know, a, a certain way, or maybe they don't want to get that deep because it'll make them uncomfortable. Like, you know, yes. so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what you're doing with Lavoir is, I think, really, really beneficial. I know there's little pockets of communities and stuff like that online, on social media that are out there. But, you know, being in Canada, in Ontario, or more specifically in Toronto or the GTA, I think it's really great because me personally, I could be wrong. Um, I, I don't see a lot of communities like that. And again, I could be wrong. So, you know, listeners, if you want to throw some examples my way, please do. But um, it's nice to see stuff like this, especially for our community specifically. You right. know, there are, a lot, there are a lot of resources out there for other, uh, other groups. Um, but I see very little um, of groups for like Black people specifically. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I when I was starting this and talked to a few people, I uh, some thought like, well, why don't, why don't we, why don't not just talk about mental health in general or why not talk about mental health for women? Um, and I said, no, nah, I, I think we need this for black people. Like yeah. very, very specifically um, for black people. And I mean, I'm happy. I definitely want to know if there's others out there. Cause for me, like, it's just very important to me and I didn't see a platform. So I started mm -hmm. it. If there's a bigger platform that's already got legs. I mean, I'm happy to support that too. As long as the message is getting out there. Right. Um, I'm just seeing even more with like with COVID, a lot more tiredness, a yeah. lot more like, okay, like I there I can't put up with this anymore. <laughs> like, um, like I'm just a little, uh, yeah, just just there's an extra layer of of tiredness going on. Honestly, and especially in the last handful of years, it just seems like every year there is just a different plight for black people that's just as monumentous and i think because of social media and just the instant connection the connectivity that we have across the globe now it's just we're seeing it all whereas before you know for us growing up in a time before social media and even generations before that um it just looks like it was just you know little little pockets here and there yeah. and whatever it didn't seem so much but because of this like you know instant uh access to news as it happens so to speak, especially citizen journalism, um, we're, we're getting all these stories in real time. And it's just been a lot. It has it's been a lot. And, you know, it's and that's why it's so important to have these organizations and these communities and um, these resources for black people specifically, because for those who are, you know, say things like, oh, why are you always making it about race? And da -da -da? Because it is. Like everything comes back to it and our existence in the world is a hell of a lot different than a white person's existence in the world or, you know, an Asian person's existence in the world or a Hispanic person. Like, yes, racialized people on a whole get treated like shit, 
you know, but black people, it's on a whole nother level. Like if anybody needs convincing, like I thought like, you know, during the whole thing with like, you know, the, the, the protests that, you know, stirred because of George Floyd. Well, even before that with like Trayvon Martin and so many other names that I can mention right now, I thought that would be enough to convince those, you know, uh, delusion delusionists, <laughs> I like to call them. Um, you would think you would think like what's happening in Ukraine would be an eye opener. There are literal bombs being dropped from the sky, yet white supremacy still reigns. Like, I I think <laughs> that like well, talking about like the barrier between my like us and the generation before. So I mm-hmm. this morning I was watching uh, television or some news channel with my mom. And they were talking about Ukraine. And she's like, oh, it's just so sad. Those people. It's so sad. I said, did you know, though? <laughs> did you know that they are preventing Black people from, like, leaving, basically preventing Black people from leaving the country? She's like, oh, I didn't. I was like, because I, so where I am, I don't really watch cable that much. So, um, so I was like, so all this time here, like, when you guys are watching TV and the news, was there no station whatsoever that had mentioned that black people are not are being like pretty much like left behind? Yeah. And she said, "Well, I didn't, I didn't. That's that's really bad." And I was like, yeah, 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 it is. Um, so it's and a it's a very interesting like like imagine like how are we supposed to feel right now as black people? Exactly. Like, there's a and- war, and we're we're obviously like in. Yeah, I don't even know. I really have. I still don't know really how to deal with that exactly it's it's very hard to feel sorry for um you know (laughs) this is gonna sound terrible to some people but you know what it is what it is it's it's the truth it's it's hard to feel sorry for that particular group when you have other parts of the world that this is their daily life and nobody bats an eye Hmm. But because sure. it's happening to sure. white Europeans, all of a sudden everybody has to give a shit. Like, don't get me wrong. It's still sad that innocent people are dying over some political garbage, basically, you know, because some politicians want to have a pissing contest. Um, trust me, it's, it's sad. And I, and I feel for those people. But you can't cherry pick and pick and, like, you know, on, on who, which cause gets more you know, attention than the other because of just how you look. Right. That's the thing that, and, and, and like you said, it's hard to figure out, like, well, it's not hard to figure out because I'm sure we can choose a position, but it puts us in a, in a weird position. Cause it's like, almost as like, you know, we're sitting back with our popcorn and just saying like, all right, y'all figure it out. You know? Yeah. yeah. This is between all white people. You figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it's just wild because, you know, it's, it's, it's 2022 we have more than enough uh, information and knowledge. Like there's no more educating people on what white supremacy is and what um, anti-black racism is. So that whole thing about people when they come out with their little apologies after they say something very problematic and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just ready to learn. And blah. what did we learn? <laughs> you already know, okay? We know everything <laughs> that we need yeah. to know about it. So right now you're just, you, you look dumb, okay? Anybody that says anything that is racist there it is a conscious choice mm-hmm. in time i'm sorry nobody has room to apologize after the fact 
Like once you say what you once you said what you said, you said what you said. Because yeah. in this day and age, we already know. We know better. You're choosing not to do better. And that's an example of what happened in Ukraine. So to kind of give you, I was following it a little bit. Um, so how I actually started hearing about it was on social media because people were posting it, people who were actually on the ground there. The mainstream media was trying to convince people that that wasn't happening. They actually yeah. weren't reporting it. It wasn't until I think about two days after because people were literally trying to come out and say like, oh, this isn't happening. That's not true and blah, blah, blah. Until finally more and more videos were coming out of people, real testimonies of people saying like, I've been on this platform for seven hours and they pushed us on the train and blah, blah, blah. And you're seeing all these images. So finally the mainstream media or the white media, they weren't able to, to cover it up anymore. Right. So, and then speaking about the mainstream media, I don't know if you've seen that. I know Trevor Noah did a little segment on it. Um, where he kind of breaks it all down if you want to check that out but um basically it's different snippets of <laughs> of mainstream news outlets from around the world so we're talking about the u.s uh in you know in eastern europe like, i don't know if it was ukraine specifically um and then in like i think france and then uh i think the uk and essentially they were all basically saying that oh we can't believe this is happening in, in a European country like this is a civilized nation this isn't Iraq or Afghanistan like this is a civilized nation like and then one 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 newscaster I believe it was a Ukrainian representative or something or other was saying like oh it really it, it really makes me sad or breaks my heart to see people with blonde hair and blue eyes dying in the streets and I'm like what <laughs> so we know what you guys are trying to spin and we know where your priorities are at like i don't remember years ago if you remember when that church was burning down in france that notre dame that famous church that catholic church mm -hmm. the entire world came together to raise millions of dollars to build that old ass building back but yet they want to talk about how they don't have money for you know the starving nations of the country Right. They don't have money to right. uh, give access to clean water to people around the world. They don't have money to create affordable housing for low-income families. But yet, people can come together in an instant to raise money for an old-ass building that was probably built on the backs of slaves and run by a bunch of racists. <laughs> like, what? Well, because, I mean, don't you know, Kristen, like, we're, we're, uh, we're resilient and we are mm. strong and we are built to, to sustain anything so it's almost like well you guys are burning well you've been burning and looks like you guys are doing okay right uh, that's it yeah that's it they they they've gotten used to it's like they've gone you know i don't know what better word to put it but like nose blind like you know when you're in a room with a particular smell and you've been True. there for a while and then you don't realize it no more it's like that because it's like exactly what you said we're resilient we're strong we've suffered for you know centuries and centuries they've done the absolute worst to us they dismembered us they've you know experimented on us and tortured us and all this other stuff but yet we still are able to survive we make do with whatever little that we're given and i think this is why we as black people need to stop accepting the bare minimum Right. So when yeah. I see when I see performative actions being done, you know, like, for example, all these companies that created these diversity and inclusion departments, 
or suddenly all these big corporations give a shit about black people i'm just like huh you guys are just sprinkling crumbs like you always do i don't want it <laughs> yeah i don't want it. but yeah no we're definitely gonna have to continue this uh conversation in a part two because i really like where it's going so but you know our time is coming to a close so i want to take some time for you to um plug your stuff you know this is a time where you can you know tell yourself <laughs> so to speak and let everyone know where they can find you yeah um most of yeah most of the information you can find on instagram so the lavoir t-h-e-l-a-v-o-i-r um and stay tuned for just upcoming just Pretty much the, you can find that for like your daily dose of mental health um, for black people and with a little a little twist. Like we're not tired, we're tired. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, stay tuned for um, just upcoming um, events and uh, possibly um, just articles just to give like people just a bit more tangible information than that little blurb under or a little caption um and some podcasts i have some uh guests lined up to just different facets like when it comes to psychology when it comes to our hair uh when it comes to the history of our our names in the african community so okay awesome and i'm going to keep it short on my end um if you haven't been following us already please do on instagram bwc podcast again follow us on spotify anchor apple google Podcasts, all that good stuff thank you guys so much for tuning in tune in next week for part two and i'll catch you next time bye